0: You're listening to the Legacy Investor Podcast, where we focus on real estate, business, and mindset. Our guests will share their experiences, lessons learned, and actionable advice to help you get to the next level. Now for today's show. Right, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investor Podcast. I am here with my guy, Mark Mason. Super happy you came out, buddy. Thanks for having me, bro. Mark and I connected, I don't know, a while ago now. We've hung out a bit. Wives have met each other. You're doing huge things. So I wanted to bring Mark on because he is an entrepreneur doing big things in the real estate and service-based business space. And I think there's a lot to be gained from his operational knowledge, how he's handling those businesses, organization. He's just somebody, a younger guy who's really making huge waves. So, you know, I guess just digging into things, Mark, going back to the early days. And I know you've had an interesting past and, yeah. you know, you don't come from, I guess, a real estate investment background or a service-based business ownership background. So let's talk about you know the early days and we're really going to get into some nuts and bolts business and, and real estate. Fun stuff. Fun like stuff. It.
1: So everybody, I actually grew up in Taunton, Massachusetts. I went to Bristol Plymouth Vocational High School where I found plumbing. I have uh, my plumbing license and I graduated in 2009. And I mean, we'll touch on it a little bit, but growing up, everybody's not born with what everybody you see on social media has. Like you look on social media, it's like, look at, you see everybody's highlight rail, so I just want to start off by saying pretty much that if I can do it, you can do it. You know, And I think that you guys have to set a plan in place and really um, create a map to drive it home. And the one thing that separates most entrepreneurs from other people is the consistency and the drive and the confidence. So I'd like to start off with that. But moving forward, I did graduate in 2009. I'm 32 years old, kid on the way, a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. excited. And that's where I went into the field for plumbing. I worked with my hands Plumbing on a commercial job site for a company named Sagamore Plumbing and Heating. I was there for about 10 years. Got my plumbing license, got my master plumbing license. I started doing side work. And that's kind of really, really where it all started. I do think I had some background hustler mentality where I used to sell you know, candy bars and Nextels and ringtones <laughs> and all that good stuff for some extra money back in middle school and high school. But once I got a taste of the money, that's really where it took off. And uh, when I started side work and went strong with side work from like 2012 to 2017, 18, where I started really kind of getting into the business game.
0: When you did the side work, was this an LLC that you formed? How did you, was it just?
1: Yeah, everybody's gonna have different insights on how to do this. I'm big on just implementing imperfectly because I feel like everybody's so caught up on the logo and the name of the LLC. How does my website look? and me you ask me it's just get the sales perform the work get the sales, perform the work everything else will fall into place you know and i think that's the biggest thing that you need to do which is just breaking through having the confidence to break through and get to that next level
0: sign the contract and figure out how you can execute sign the contract
1: (laughs) sign the contract if i find the video i'm going to send it to you for this episode but we actually get a 1.5 million dollar contract at rcl three years ago when we had no business getting it well we got the contract we found the people Finished the job and it was a sc- success scary as shit yeah at that time yeah. but it was exciting rewarding but when you surround yourself by people that are going to elevate you that's what i almost pulled back and I'm a pretty risky kind of guy. I almost pulled back, but I had people that been like, no, hit that dead on. Nice. It's exciting.
0: So high-level view. If there's anything previously yeah. that you want to touch on too, though. I mean, graduated 2009, worked for Sagamore. And then I when mean, did you guess leave I, Sagamore?
1: Yeah, I guess I'll finish that story. So in 2019 or so, I left Sagamore. Making over 100k, it was good. It was comfortable. I ended up going from the failed the estimating to product management, which was like a perfect recipe for a business owner, you know. And then that's when it kickstarted because I was able to do a lot of things at work that my side work well. So I was able to kind of duplicate that mm-hmm. and get more done in a day than somebody normally could. But what I had to do is I had to create, almost call an alternate because I couldn't do the work now. Now I'm in the office. I'm getting all this work, getting the contracts. Now, I naturally had to find somebody to do the work. So that's when I was calling friends and friends and workers and this, right. can you do this? Can you do that? And it naturally evolved so yeah. fast, it evolved in having three, four, five guys on site on a Saturday and Sunday to bang out a plumbing roof. So that's how it kind of formed. And when I left Sagamore, I had the vision of kind of creating this real estate empire and creating a plumbing and HVAC business, not knowing how big it gets so fast. And what I did was, I thought it would be fun to, you know, I, I'm close with my partner now, Rich Leon. He is my business partner for RCA Mechanical. I called him, which we were very tight, and we always talked about the same problems, because we were both personas, and we had this, the same issues. And we actually did side work, like, 2013 together. So, you know, on and off. I called him and said, hey, leaving, you want a partner? I was like, I want to build an empire, you know? He's like, you know, essentially, so he's like, yeah, let me call you back. Yeah. Calls me back like day later. He's like, you know what, I'd rather be a fifty percent owner of a thirty million dollar company than a hundred percent owner of a one million. Let's go. Nice. Merged, our visions and our core values aligned, fast forward from twenty twenty of September to now, went from zero dollars in the bank, I should take that back. We're not, we won't have finances. We went from zero employees to 65 employees three sure. years. Essentially we were adding about two employees a month, which was exciting. Incredible. More importantly, it was just, it was fun. Yeah. It's fun building other teams and building other leaders and seeing, I mean, the hardest thing in business is to actually massage employees' like emotions and how they operate through it, you know? Because what you do every day rubs off on them and simply can be just a good morning yeah. when you walk in. Yeah. So that was really cool. And then, you know, a lot of, I mean, RCL has accomplished a lot in a little time and I think it's not just one person or one thing. I think it was just uh, I think it was just a team effort yeah. and just being confident and just implementing and executing fast, you know, zero to 65 employees, is a lot of things that go in between that. You started the business with $20,000 in the bank, haven't inserted a dollar since. It's amazing. And close. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Not yet. No, that's the key. <laughs> but then, obviously, when you do that kind of stuff, and you really dive into business, you meet other business owners and entrepreneurs, and you go on other endeavors, and it becomes just addictive game of monopoly, and you end up doing things like real estate, mm. and diversifying with stocks, and this, and meeting people like you, and mm. you introduce me to these people, and it just becomes, it's just this, yeah. just this game that, you know, that's love.
0: Absolutely. So, <laughs> just building that company on such a rapid growth, and you know, you you didn't, you didn't go to school at night to get an MBA, right? So I think part of the story, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is putting the right people in place um, who, don't, who have the knowledge that you don't, right, that are backfilling maybe some areas that you're lacking in. I don't know, at what point did you start bringing in an accountant or somebody to handle the finances because you're not going to be able to be in the office all day handling the books, right? So is that part of the growth? I mean, what, what would you say are some of the larger factors that allowed you to scale at that rate?
1: Well, I think the basic factors, like we talked about, is confidence in executing. Those are two traits that you need, that you really need as an entrepreneur. But I would say like hard items that, you know, are probably non-negotiable. in depending on the business and your financial stability, I do think a bookkeeper eats sooner than later, whether it's fractional, whether it's a role position. So be it, but I feel like it comes down to the numbers. Yeah. And If you can understand a profit and loss report and know where pitfalls are, you're able to make better decisions. And I know that's kind of it took me a long time to be able to know what balance sheets were and P and Ls and statement of cash flows and all that good. good stuff. And this is all down the road, guys. So don't you know? It's not something that you need if you're you're just starting a plumbing business and you're in the truck. You know, it's good to have the accountant, yeah. you know, bookkeeper behind you. But when it comes to all these cash flow sheets and all that good stuff, you don't exactly need that right away. But you know, I think you just need a solid team and you're gonna know when to remove yourself from it. You mm-hmm. know, you've got to be able to put yourself in a big thing. time for me to get out of the truck. Okay, now it's time for me to get out of the truck. Now it's time for me to hire a salesman. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, because it always comes down to sales, right? You need the sales in order to do the work and create revenue for the company. So, you know, sales is probably top of mind. Yeah. And the quicker you if you come from a sales background, Sales, you could probably get away with not having that position for a while, but you just got to subcontract the shit you're not good at, you know. And you know, one thing that I'm not great at is lead generation, you know, and managing lead generation. Mm. That's one thing that you know, as we grow as a company, and you have all these leads coming from different sources, and managing and managing the follow-ups and everything coming in and. Managing your return on investment—that's a very—it's a full-time gig. So that's something that you know we struggle with. That we're consistently getting better with. But you're just going to have a good solid foundation. You know, you're going to have your CRM at the beginning. Want to know how you're going to generate your leads? How you're going to track those leads? What are you going to use for a software? It's going to be QuickBooks. Is it going to be NetSuite? Something along those lines. So I think you just have to get all those things in order. Those are things that matter. The logo and all that stuff—that's cool. I think that's exciting. Right. I mean, like when I started the business, I cared about the logo, of course, because yeah. it's like it's your baby. Right. You know, you—it's it's your branding, it's your brand. Yeah. You know, and that's—I'm glad you brought up brand because I mean, we can go back and forth. With brand Definitely,
0: and, and, and we, we, we will. will, and we will. I think the important part about all of that is there are so many services out there, third-party subcontractor services, whether it's accounting, whether it's lead generation. Like there are companies out there specifically built to tackle those specific parts of the business that you need to function, right? We were just talking earlier about, you know, maybe a CFO firm that you might be hiring out to in the interim until you can afford this large CFO salary. Like just because you can't afford the large CFO salary doesn't mean that the answer isn't out there
1: that you can hire and bring into your business. I agree. Right? A hundred percent. I lost my train of thought what I was going to say, but
0: yeah. Well, yeah, it'll come back to, but it's like, you don't need to have all the answers or have the money to buy the people to come into the into the company. There is just many levels of resources out there that you can easily find on Google or networking with other folks
1: like yourself. Glad you said that. That's exactly where I was going with this is that you're 100% right and more than ever everything's at our fingertips now. Everything's on YouTube. People want to help people more than ever now. It's changed. When I was in the trade, everybody held everything close to their chest. They didn't want to teach me anything because they were a little nervous about their job. And we're coming out of the recession, so like everybody was like, you know, on the mm. hails. Mm. So now it's changed. People want to give. You know, I guarantee anybody can reach out to you about a property manager question that's in their own property management business, and you would give the answer because you know you are the brand. You can't replicate you. You know what I mean? Nick's not going to get replicated. Right. Your property management business is built off of you, your core values, nobody can replicate. And that mindset, if you have that mindset, then I think you're going to be unstoppable. Give us game.
0: Yes. And there's a couple of things, I think, to that point about replicating yourself. And I think what some entrepreneurs have trouble with is letting go. Trust. Trust and letting go. And I think you got to be okay with 80%. And whether that's Somebody that does it 80% as well as you do, like there needs to be some level that you're okay with because nobody is going to get it exactly how you want. So with time, I think with maturity will come like, hey, you know what? Like that's going to work. And creating processes and systems that folks who aren't familiar with your business can come into your business and thrive. That's what gets me excited. I want to have be able to take somebody into property management that's never managed a property before. And we have spent so much time and effort on our systems and our processes that they are able to be productive and good at their job, right? That gets me fired up. So like, that's what I spend a lot of time on is creating those systems and, you know, going out there to find that one specific person to do this one specific task. I feel like it's on the business owner to establish that stuff up front and have those systems in place for people to thrive.
1: The way you're doing it is 100% right. And if I could change one thing in my business, I would have started doing SOPs, standard operating procedures mm. from the beginning. And I think that's the biggest mistake you'll make, especially if you have a vision of you know an empire, you know, five, 10, $20 million company, because it's so hard to back. What I've been doing for a year straight is backlogging my SOPs. And now more than ever, like everything else, it's so simple, you can click Loom. Mm. Loom.com, you go in there, you can screen record it, and then you can have a virtual assistant make it into a word document that nobody's gonna read they're gonna watch the video because that's what we like to do now right right right
0: <laughs> no, exactly right
1: you know but it's just nice having the backup you know
0: loom's fantastic let's talk about software a little bit i like this this path we're going down i mean for sops in general are you using a platform to kind of catalog all those Do you have like a company wiki that folks can log into and search and find anything like talk to me about that process
1: so standard operating procedures is probably going to be the hottest thing that anybody can do to implement the business because most businesses don't do it. And actually, 90% of the businesses don't even do a million. So put that into perspective. Yeah. But all the businesses out there, 90% of them, not even over a million dollars in revenue. So to get over a million dollars in revenue, you need to have these systems. You need to have these softwares. So we use Trainual. And Trainual is a great software where you can upload all your standard operating procedures and you can actually make them into tests and add you videos. Oh, wow. So now like I can upload. Now let's say my estimating stand up procedures from my estimator. It creates a test, and I can test people. You know when they're hired randomly, however I want to do it. So it's pretty exciting. It's a lot to build out. It's still in process for us, mm. but then it's just a web URL, a web URL tied to my website, and give everybody logins. That's okay. really cool. So I think that's a little hack. Yeah, get trainable. Start your SOPs. Even if it's you don't think you're doing anything, I guarantee if you record yourself on your iPhone, everybody has all day what you do at work, you're going to find that there's going to be something that you can capture yeah. and put on paper to save yourself time. Because essentially that's what it's doing. You're, you're, yeah. you're 2x and 3x in your time by not being able to do
0: it. Yeah. One thing I'm thankful for I started early on was using something like a OneNote, which is... An electronic notebook that you can literally search for anything. And I created an electronic notebook for property management. So I had a tab for you know, leasing, accounting, whatever, unit turnovers, construction. It's just a brain dump. And it was on a weekly basis of like the things that I've learned. Maybe I took snippets from, you know, other resources on the internet, paste them in there and everything's searchable. And the idea is that all this gets copied into a web-based platform that all my employees can go on and look at. And it'll be used as that and we call it a company wiki because they can literally go in there like Google and search anything they want That's put sense. in leasing and it'll pull up everything leasing right and it's remote
1: and, and it's remote. you can go on it at home you can go on it in the philippines it doesn't matter where you are you have it yep. which is really nice yeah i think the times of the service are just i'm building a software right now for real estate investing no way i'll be excited to uh share with you guys when, wow i mean and i'm uh when i'm done with it but it's uh it's gonna be exciting i think it's gonna be a game changer okay so uh, hopefully, it'll be within the next three to six months.
0: I want to prod on that, but I'm going to keep moving. And I'm glad you brought up real estate, though, because huge things in real estate, Mark. I mean, you've had tremendous success and nobody handed it to you. So, you know, you did 100 flips last year over that. We're probably up to,
1: I don't know, three to 500 in that range altogether. So it's been exciting. Yeah. And I think that's more of why I'm so excited to build a real estate investing platform yeah. because I know exactly the formula. To like, maximize your time yeah. and efficiency.
0: Yeah. And I want to stay on the organization piece. So, you have all these flips going on. You have in house carpenters. You have in house folks on staff that are with Eastside. So, Eastside is your premium real estate company. I don't know if it's a holding company as well, or is it
1: just mainly for the flips? It, it Essentially, we, we have about Eastside has about like five or six sub- subsidiaries. Okay. We have property management. We have, you know, holding companies. We have perfect slip general contracting. So, we split it up for asset protection.
0: Yeah So folks that are juggling multiple flips on their side, I mean, what are kind of the tips and tricks that you do to keep these things running? From acquisition through construction to selling them?
1: You know, my answer probably would have been a little bit different like three, three, four years ago. Okay. But now that I get more into it, I think there's um, something that you need as a, as a human being, it's organization.: Its a, a tool that can help you execute and be able to scale? It's money.com. Yeah, Money.com' is a game changer. If you know how to use it and you have the vision for automation Mm -hmm. and have the vision for taking things off your plate and having a robot do it like I do, then it's a game changer. You know, we have a, essentially we load our properties into monday.com. It assigns everybody's job down the list automatically, sends out text messages. My social media guy gets alert, he knows when to post. He knows when to go third of the way through the projects. He knows when to go halfway through the project. He knows when it's under agreement. It gets all clicked done under agreement, boom, we're off to the races. And it essentially acts as a checklist. It's Excel and steroids. And I think you just know how to use it. I think using the platform is good, but when you know how to integrate it with automations, make.com and Zapier, and be able to tie everything together, Mm. that's when you become dominator. Yeah.
0: And it goes just back to the using the softwares that we have available to us.
1: Yeah. And, and no secret, like I always say, it's a team, yeah. team effort. Like my superpower is trusting and building other leaders. And if you don't trust and build other leaders, there's no way to scale. You can't do it all. There's only what, 12, 16 hours a day that you can put in of hard work and grit that will get you in most companies $750 a year. Mm-hmm. still under that 1 million dollar threshold that we talked about earlier. So, I mean, if you want to scale and you want to have a, you know, a business that, you know, see other people have growth and, you know, really build a team, then that's that those are the things you need.
0: So, what goes into building that team? I mean, are you doing all the hiring at RCL now? Who handles that and what's that look like? So,
1: I was never good at interviews. I'm really good at them now. <laughs> You can train yourself, guys. That's what I'm trying to get at. It just takes work and it's reps. repetitive. Yeah, reps. I always go back to Alex Mosey. He's like, it's all about the reps. And I'm like, oh, love that guy. God, he's right. Yeah, You know? So if you can get comfortable with being uncomfortable, I think you're going to be in a real good spot. So yeah, we had, I mean, a ton of interviews. I mean, you just know what to look for after a while, you know, and what you repeatedly do it. And not to mention, it's our business. So like, we want the best for the business. We're not going in there to check the box. We're not going in there to, you know, we're going in there with one soul. Uh, one soul, you know, we're going in there to essentially get the right person for the right seat. So long term, it's just, it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And there's there's A plus players that we have to turn down because the core values, you know what I mean? They, they come in, they may be a little stuck up. What I do in my interview, when I interview, this is kind of how it rolls. You come in, we give you a core value, quote value card has all our core values on it. You also get a painted vision. Painted vision is like a three-year vision of what we see. You and the company, three years, and what you see the company, because not a lot of people know, like, oh yeah, I am coming to this company, like, who are they? What do they do? What's their plan? I got two 32-year-old kids running it, like, yeah. well, what's going on here? Yeah. So they come in and they have it. We go through the interview. I look for these top things in order to hire somebody, organization, communication, coachability, those three. I look for those, and if they meet them, I'm happy at that point. I don't necessarily look for, like, skill set. That's the last, last on my list. That. Just because usually when someone comes in as an all-star, it's usually baggage. And once you get burned enough, it's not worth it. Yeah. It brings everybody else down. Yep. So I think sometimes you have to think about oh, the company for yourself. You're an entrepreneur. And what's right for the company is usually... Where you need to you narrow down and go, you have to go down that path, which is usually the hardest path. But essentially you go through this interview, we wrap it up. I have a interview checklist, we go through everything, design, pay, you know, and all the logistics of that certain position. I fill it out and we exit the interview. If they don't take the core values and the painted vision with them, Oh, I love that. It's automatic no hire. Done. It's happened once on a really good person, oh. but it sucked. <laughs> I love that though. Just so, a hard and fast. Non-negotiable. Yeah. Not negotiable. And that's how it rolls. So, been pretty successful on the hiring. And I think it's just you have to be a good judgment of character. Yeah. It comes with time. It totally. With reps, so.
0: All those parts and pieces that you just mentioned I mean, the card, the checklist of salary. Is there a service that you went out to for that? Are these things that you made yourself?
1: So glad you asked that. All these things that I'm telling you about were not in place one year ago, two years ago, three years ago. If they were, it was a different version. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm big on just implement. They call me Trigger Mark in the office. What is it? They call me Trigger Mark in the office well, I because I just go so fast. If someone eats something, boom, it's there. Yep. It may be wrong, but it's there. You know what I mean? So I just go so fast and I think that's part of where my success comes from is executing. Yeah. Because most of the time when I execute, it is... I execute fast and it's usually, it's a win, you know, and uh, which is nice. So, but I, I usually make the best guess. Not always going to be a win, but at least, you made, made, at least, least you made a decision. decision. I'm not going to say here and tell you it isn't, but person who procrastinates, loses. Right. Usually. Usually. So, but yeah, no, nothing, none of these were really in place prior, you know, and the core values, they got revised, like I made core values, they got revised. Mm. I made a painted vision, worked on it. It's now changed. I have to revise it. So like, just put it in place. Yeah. Just put something, It it can get better. The logo can get sharpened up. Yeah. Like the core values can change. Like, you know, on my real estate business, I actually made my core values, my weaknesses. Weirdly, Hmm. I say not necessarily my weaknesses, but the company's weaknesses, Sure, you know, and one of them is actually professionalism because I feel like that's how I want to represent. And, you know, typically when you have these companies with laborers and, you know, not so much skilled labor, you don't have that. So I wanted to make sure that was something that I really uh, gravitated to.
0: It's excellent. And marketing is something you do very well on all the social media platforms and just in general, you have incredible video content and something that you'll spend a lot of money on. I mean, talk about that process. Do you have a full-time media manager now, you know, marketing manager that's I'm posting for you? Like you have a few different pages that we're going to link to so folks can check you out. But
1: yeah, we can go on forever on this. I feel like we sit here all night, but I'll give you the cliff notes. I hired a Essentially, a full-time media employee. I want to say three years ago, I didn't know the return. You know what I did? I mocked it. I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it, and it, it like 10x my revenue. And it wasn't until three months, six months, 12 months. It was like 16 to 24 months before I actually it sat with me and was like, wow, yeah, this woman just selected me by her house when I was $50,000 less than the next guy because she looked at my social media and trusted me. Felt like she knew me with her home that she inherited from her parents. That's a salary for the year. Yeah. Like,
0: that pays for itself right there. I
1: mean, social media and videography and all that good stuff, it's tough to put an ROI on it. It's not like you can get a conversion rate number or a percentage on it. You just gotta really, like, you gotta just listen. You're gonna feel it. You're gonna see what's going on around you. And you know, I mean, you know, you just landed that big deal.
0: Yeah. And and even if you don't know, like, (laughs) people watching. People are watching and you don't know they're watching. And Mark's referencing an an opportunity, a business that approached me to, to purchase the business, which we're going forward with. And we're gonna announce it soon. But a large piece of it was social media and the marketing and some of the video content that we put out there. So I guess on that case, you can not put a dollar on it. But I mean, opportunities like that are going to come up more and more in the future. But going into, you know, saying paying for a videographer to come in and shoot some videos of you, it's tough at that moment to say, hey, look, is this going to work out? And you just got to.
1: yeah, It's tough. It's a hard decision. And I would say marketing was i self-taught myself marketing i was never good at it i still got a lot of work to do still a lot of learning but what i do see is a huge opportunity to market yourself for free and that's on all the social media platforms facebook mm-hmm. instagram TikTok, reels twitter it's free mm-hmm. so if someone's not out a small business grab cap cut an app and make your own stuff the thing is it's like anything you have to be consistent if you put content out there consistently, you'll get it back. Mm. But Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, they all throw your your goods out to everybody. And if it gets good engagement, it then brings it to the next level. Their idea is to keep you on their platform as long as possible. So if they throw it out to 100 people and the 100 people don't engage, you get down to the bottom of the list. Mm. If everybody engages, you come up, mm-hmm. everybody still engages. You get a bunch of shares, likes, comments, boom, and you keep going up that pyramid. And you know that's where coming and going viral and all that good stuff comes from. But you need to send out engaging content. And a good way to know what engaging content is, and this is taking years and years to really like develop and learn, is like you want to put out educational content. You want to nail down what other people want. People want to talk about them. You know, nobody wants to hear about me. And I mean, people mm-hmm. want to talk, you, you, we need to talk about you. Mm-hmm. How can we get you to have the best content? That's doing the reels. That's, you know, getting cap cut. That's showing, giving you bookkeeping ideas, showing you what tax codes or real estate hacks or anything, property management hacks. Mm-hmm. So that's when you're going to get the engagement. 100%. And, you know, I think it just takes time. You know, when you're a $250,000 business, your media is going to look a lot different than it is when a million. So, that's start somewhere. Of course. I mean, if it's supposed to week, it's post a week. It's supposed to month, it's supposed to month. Whatever you do, just do it consistently. And yeah, it's eight. free. Another hack is I set alarms on my phone. So, you know, to stay on track, the things that I really need to do, like I need to eat, mail one at seven, mail two at 10. Mail three at 12, mail four at, four, mail four at 1, whatever, so on and so forth. When I have alarms, I have alarms when to brush my teeth. It's crazy. Dang. I just have alarms. I don't know. I love it's just it. my thing, you know? Yeah. When to walk. Like I walk daily and walking kind of like brings me down. It's like my meditation and I walk, put my headphones in, maybe make a few calls, talk about non-work related things, maybe just be in silence. Yeah. You know, like I try to get like 8,000 steps in a day. So you got to find what works best for you. Yeah. I love routines. Um, I, yeah. That's one thing. As an entrepreneur, when you get into it, you need to find routines and you're going to find ways to manage your calendar in order to make it the most efficient as possible because you know you only have so much time in the day. Yeah. So if you only have that so much time in the day, how can I compile it to make the most money and make the most to make that time as valuable as possible?
0: And the key is leverage, right? It's going to be through other people. It's
1: going to be- 100%. Sources. Wouldn't it have been nice today to have a helicopter? You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: come right in the what? city, middle of, uh, downtown <laughs> Providence, drop you on the street. Drop us at the hospital, we'll
1: walk over. And it's a, we wouldn't, have had a, we wouldn't have hit the accident.
0: Nope, <laughs> exactly. We both get stuck in traffic on the way in, but we're here and it's all good. So the exciting stuff, looking forward. What's the vision for East Side RCL? I mean, you can get into some sales numbers for East Side. I mean, the number of flips you get going on now, where you want to be. Let's lay
1: it out. Yeah. So this is exciting. This is really exciting to talk about. So we'll stick with RCL first. RCL, we are on track to do 15 million this year. Wow. Our three-year vision was 30 million. So we are on track right now, which is super exciting. Incredible. Super challenging. So we're just excited to have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been such hard work. Hard work, dedication, long nights, and I think it's been fun for everybody. And the whole point is to give back. And it's been exciting to like, I don't know if you've seen the cookout that we threw. Yeah, it did. But like everybody got a free pair of Red Wings. We got the Red Wing truck there. So that's the stuff that as a business owner and entrepreneur, you see your employees get and it's fulfillment, right? Yeah. So to put numbers aside, you know, so the numbers are good. I think we're on track to really take over in our area and hopefully we can grow and maybe have a satellite office and move into... Providence and, you know, maybe towards Plymouth at some point. So long-term, Love that. so that's exciting. East side, we'll talk units. We have been slowing down on the rehab game just because of the supply, which is not bad because we have about 60 units to build in the next two years, two and a half years. So that's been super exciting. That is a new game that we've been kind of tapping into. All in so mass? All in mass, a huge development opportunity. I feel as if the rehabs have been coming down a little bit, a little bit more competition, but you don't see it as much on land. Nobody really wants to build from the ground go through that permitting process. Probably very easy for you to do it because you understand it. Mm. But most people just, they don't know how to tap into engineers and architects and permitting and bylaws and all that stuff. So, I mean, 60 units, over the next couple of years. Those are ground up. So we have 36, yeah, probably about 55 of them. Uh, yeah, most of them are ground up. Oh, you know? So we got 36 units in Norton coming up with Kyle and Ryan. Yeah. So that's exciting. I have another seven duplexes starting in a couple of weeks in Taunton. We have about four more in Taunton coming up in the next couple of months. And we have 10 acres to develop in Berkeley. And we are just getting in development right now. And we're just all over the place. You know. <laughs> We are all over the place. So we are more than 10X to our, uh, our unit size.
0: And how long from the start, right? So like, when did you start Eastside? You just to give some context here. So like,
1: I bought my first, or uh, yeah. 2004.
0: There's a three family, right? Three family. Yeah, same.
1: And then 2015, I bought my first flip and that's when it all clicked. That's when it clicked. It clicked in 2015. I'm like, Ooh, I actually wholesaled it. Funny story. <laughs> I actually was going to rehab it. I hired someone that wasn't so kind. And they took the aluminum signing off, I'll signing off and scrapped it but i still wholesaled it wholesaled it and made like 50 60 grand came out on top when it was i thought the world was dropping sure you know what i mean and uh you know you fast forward to now we actually did our first new construction i want to say in 2020. and now i mean and to give you guys a little you know inspiration it's like one single family home construction 2020 i'm talking to you guys about 60 being built over the next two years mm. that's explosive growth and i think that um that's pure just being around the right people not giving up having systems and just just rolling and just trusting yourself and trusting others to kind of have you back
0: Let's talk about the group and being around the right people. Yeah. Um, You spend a lot of money on masterminds and coaching and you travel a lot. Obviously, you value that heavily. Just talk about maybe if your view has shifted on that from the start, talk about some wins that have come from that.
1: So, you know, it's easiest for me to sit in this chair and say, get a mentor and not know your financial situation. But I think that is a goal that you should set in place and budget for. If you can to get one as fast as possible, because there's somebody like you that's already made that mistake and that is willing to help you, you know, know, obviously coaching is a business, so they want to make money, but at the same time, they're going to want to give you value. Mm. And um, I think just getting in these networking groups and is not easy. It's, mm. it's not easy flying out of here every three months, or even you know more than that, and, and going out and you. Some people just don't want to talk, like like I don't. I go out and I just like I don't want to come out I might like my brain shut off, but you go out there, get in, and then usually when I come back home, sit down, and I just like ponder. That was refreshing. Glad I did. I'm glad I did it, and it was almost like the Christmas party for Beth and CJ. Oh yeah, never went. I would have never made great yeah, connections, free yeah. free connections. Yeah. So um, I think it's something that you really need a budget for. And I think that you should tap into your social media network, see what everybody else is doing, follow people that you want to be like, Mm. you know, and replicate it. I say it, stay like an artist. Like, you don't have to steal somebody's, what they're doing exactly, show and spin on it. Mm. It's almost like content. Like, I look at other people's TikToks and Rails, I'm like, ooh, I like that. I'm not going to take it, beat them, but I'm going to put my own spin on it because it works. How yep. views I got? Yep. Same thing with business. You didn't come up with the idea of a property management company or come up with the systems. You did your research. Right. Figured out who's doing this. Who works for me. Right. I want to do it. How do I want to do it? And you just took all that stuff. You compiled it until to what works for Nick.
0: Yep. You had it. And I think part of, especially on the service-based side, like... <laughs> Nobody's reinventing the wheel on the service-based business side, whether that's um, an HVAC company, I mean, in the property management front, whatever. Like it is just organization and execution, right? And you'll be so surprised how far you can get with just those two things. I mean, most businesses, like you won't get a call back and they say they'll quote something, they never will. You know, They won't follow up on X, Y, Z. If you just do the basics, right? If you build some processes and do the basics, you'll have tremendous success.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. I was gonna, I was at top on that, but they'll come back to me.
0: So getting in the room, I mean, so tips for getting into the room. You can pay for coaching. You can reach out to folks on on Instagram who you would like to be like or and on social media or whatever.
1: Yes, yeah. or what is really a thing out of the box is you can continuously give value to somebody to earn their respect and time. Or even better, you can work for somebody that you want to be like. There you go. You know what i mean yeah and they probably allow it yeah. you know if someone came to me like hey i want to open up on this on a business this is what i want to do this is what i have to offer you i'm coming to work for you come on down
0: come on down come on
1: down because i just know my brain can't be replicated i can't be replicated so you take whatever you want and that's why i give so many documents and i'll give my sops i'll give anything yeah because one percent of the people are going to actually implement it.
0: To, and I found that too like you know i the folks that are most forthright with their ideas documents how they operate their business they know that 95 percent of the people are never going to do anything with it like how many folks have gone to the real estate seminars that come for free? The and is it wealth builder? I don't know. I forgot what they were. The infomercials go to those classes, they'll pay for the weekend class. They go to the free class, then pay for the weekend class, but then never never do anything with
1: it. I did. That's what you did? I obviously. Was- <laughs> obviously, you did something with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's how I got into real estate, guys. I went to the fortune builders class. Let's go. That's three day free event in Providence about 100. No way. Yeah. And then you bought the weekend. I called out sick on Friday for my full-time job, yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, recorded it on the company iPad, and <laughs> I just listened to it and Googled it. Now I had the chance to know what to Google. Yes. Once I Googled it, I'm like, mm, okay, how can we do this? Yeah. Here we
0: are. And here we are, right? <laughs> but that's somebody that actually put it into action. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So obviously you've accumulated a ton of knowledge, um, you know, whether through you know groups across the country, you're working on a book. Why are you writing a book?
1: So- there's a lot of books about entrepreneurs and how to build a business, but I feel like there's a huge need for books to actually be implemented in like that middle school, high school level where your brain's actually just developing. I feel like so many people overcome adversity and them to read a book and to relate with somebody that has, that built these Massive businesses, I feel like is gonna be really beneficial for them and long term, do you wanna do coaching? Mm. I think it's really gonna build that authority for me to really get into that space perfect and to be and to be seen and respected.
0: So consulting in the future? Like there could be okay. So the book's gonna play into a consulting avenue. Yes. And that consulting avenue would be for business and business. real estate. Okay. Business, yeah. Business.
1: Yep. Yep. that's awesome so yeah super exciting and you know that could be five years ten years 20 years i don't know yeah um uh, but you know i it was part of my uh my goals this year i wanted to write a book just gonna make it so you're doing i think released in october oh, yeah. so i think it's been exciting i'm gonna try to get it released in a couple of schools my goal is to get it uh published in uh out by october 14th i believe so i'll keep you guys posted so we got a date let me tell you <laughs> writing a book is not easy Okay. Especially somebody that went to tech school. Yeah. You know, I can barely spell. Am I right? You're right. Writing- that's why you sub things out.
0: Yeah. Well, I go mean, look, you got to sit down and write regardless. So, I mean, do you have reminders for this? Like talk about your writing process and how you crunch through those, yeah, those
1: pages. Friday is at one o'clock from one to two 30. Wow. There it is. There it is. And totally disconnect and just go. And um, it's been exciting. So. I have an awesome publisher, Hillary, that's really been working with me. And to be honest with you, writing the book has been good to actually put my past on paper. Mm. You know, my past is kind of black you know, and I run from it a little bit. So it was actually nice to like really understand it and what the book's doing for me, it's made me engage other people in my family, get my family history and to see what's oh, going on So it's kind of been fun. It's been fun and it's been exciting to actually kind of like see what other people's perspective was and know things that I really wasn't told when I was a kid and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. So.
0: It's been overall been good. I love that. You know? And you probably gain a ton of clarity too, right? Of like, I find that when I'm, whether that's writing operating procedures or whatever, you know, when you write something down, it just forces you to get clear on whatever that subject is. And if that's your past, if that's whatever, I think it's just getting it down somewhere in a computer on paper allows you to, I think understand it a bit better and yep. then
1: move on. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And people like us, we weep so fast that I feel like I was thinking about this day the other night. And I totally didn't acknowledge something that I did throughout the day that was like, should have acknowledged. Like, why didn't you like sit down and like think about this? And it was like, just, I think we get caught up in just getting everything done to a day and just operating in that system and sometimes i don't even remember what i did at like 10 or 11 o'clock 12 o'clock so you have to find what works best for you and i think more importantly i think sometimes you have to give yourself a pat on the back you know and notice that you've came a long way so
0: gotta be on your own team yeah if you're not on 100%. your own
1: team 100
0: so mark you're the man thank you so much for uh, making time for us today going over uh, all the great things fun. you're doing and best way for folks to get in touch
1: with you. You can find me on Instagram, MarkMason underscore, M-A-R-C, M-A-S-O-N underscore, or at EastsidePropertyLLC on Instagram. And you guys can find me on Facebook, just at Mark Mason. You rock uh, me. If you guys want to check out RCL Mechanical, once again, just check out our website or our Instagram. We always have fun and exciting things on there. So...
0: They definitely do. Check them out. You heard it first. Thanks again, Mark. Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, guys.